And we're live, live, I believe. I think we're live, yeah. Right. Uh, Josh normally has like an intro thing. Thanks. Oh, wait, that's the outro. <laughs> that's so fancy. We're Good early enough. too. doesn't matter. No one's Good ready enough. for us yet anyway. Good enough, whatever. It's close enough. This is the pre-show. The pre-show <laughs> stuff. What's up? Hello, everybody. Now? We got three viewers. What's up? Welcome back to the Magic Guys podcast, the place where dreams come true, but only if you've got cash. Doug, do you have cash? Man, you know, I'm monetized on Facebook, so I have a little more than I used to. Because I've got cash, baby. I've got all the cash. What is that? Is that <laughs> Monopoly money? Is that, no, is that actual currency? Money. Yeah, it's Australian money. It's Ooh. very colorful over here. Yeah, I know. We have beautiful money, Doug. Beautiful money, Doug. We don't. America's, they're, our money, it's great for magic tricks, right? But as far as being realistic currency, it's ridiculously stupid. Well, dude, changing, uh, you know, you do a bill switch with an American dollar and it looks like a $100 anyway. We can do this bill switch with these two. You get this beautiful color contrast, mm -hmm. right? And it looks incredible. Change your life, man. It'll change your I life. I don't know if that's a plus because uh, in unfolding the currency, you're not sure when the transformation occurs. So maybe it's not good to have that instant. -na. There's room yeah. for artistic discussions about that moment yeah there is i feel like i should do the bill switch with australian currency for you now so that you I, i've seen you do it on a short have i not you've performed it online it's you do it beautifully because you obviously yeah, sold your soul to the devil everything you do is beautiful on <laughs> everything <laughs> it's one of those it's one of those things so here's the beautiful thing about yeah. the bill switch right? tell us with the australian with the australian money bill switch hang on wait i should uh <laughs> you get the idea the idea here there we go. Yeah, you got to like fold it like this. Okay. And the beautiful thing about the Australian money bill switch is that the moment that it changes, you can actually like see it. The golden ticket appears. See that? Yeah. It's yeah. like all the way into, and there's this clear little window here. So you can see there's no way for me to actually hide any. Yeah. Oh, whoops. Isn't that I, cool, man? That was cool. So cool. I almost point you off the internet. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, that trick used to be in my street show. I, you know what I did was the mismade bill version. Uh, I I always felt like that had believability. The bill going into four corners, you know, where the bill's mismade, as opposed to transforming a bill into another bill. It, it seems to me like it's just like, okay, he switched it. But if the bill's the same but different, now maybe it's magic. I don't know. Maybe you're overthinking it, man. Uh, me overthink something because <laughs> when when this changes there's this beautiful moment where like you know you get this like almost like a small little color change like right in front of their eyes and because when i when i do the bill switch it never leaves view that's the point is that i fold it down and at no point is the bill actually out of view you know what i mean i mm -hmm. never actually let it leave view and so when it suddenly changes it's like wait a minute wait a minute they're like wait a minute it's a different color now what the heck you know, and then you unfold it and then your hands are supposedly empty and you get, you can give them the bill to look at. Now that's magic, man. It's the fact that your hands are just empty at the end. That makes it so good. And I think I, I do magic, have that. Here's magic. If you change it from a one to a hundred or something like that, and then you give it away, that's magic. Yeah. I used to do that at my gigs, bro. I used to take yeah. uh, money off people, turn it into a 50 and then I'd give the 50 away. Leaves a lasting impression. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. That's magic. Now that is magic. I feel like we've talked about Steve Mayhew's wonderful routine before his bill switch. Steve hmm. Mayhew. 
the I best one, no doubt about it. Right, you got a bill switch for us right now that you can uh, share with the viewers. Well, uh, I can talk about this routine, but <laughs> everyone should go get Steve Mayhew's work on it. It's in his book entitled "What Women Want," which is obviously card tricks. But obviously. In, the, in this in this book is <laughs> Steve's routine. He starts by giving away a dollar. He says, you know, what's the problem with magic is there's no trust. You need to develop some trust. You guys don't trust me. So, hey, here's a dollar. Now you trust me. I give you some money. We have a trust going. Nice. And he says, so, hey, you got a, you got a dollar I could borrow? So let's uh, take a look at this moment, right? He eliminates this awkward thing where you got to borrow money from a spectator. That's beautiful. Then he changes sure. the money into a five and gives it away. The one changes into a five. He gives away the five. Here's the beautiful moment. He said, yeah, one that changes into a five because magic works in multiples of five. So if uh, someone would loan me a 20, maybe then we could get a hundo. So who's got a 20 I could borrow? Nice. And then he gets the 20. And changes it into a $1 bill, returns the one. So he's like, thanks for the 20. Oh, it's a one. Well, you got screwed. Uh, here we go. The infamous question. Josh is currently on a cruise ship for the next three months. No, I'm just kidding. Josh is, uh, <laughs> Josh, Josh is in Rockhampton uh, doing a magic show. It's like a small little hick town in Australia, country town out in the middle of nowhere, doing a show for like the next week. So he'll be probably here on the next week's podcast. So don't worry. Joshy boy will be back. You know, you don't have to wait too long. Hit, 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 hit. But until then, you got me and Doug. And me and Doug's, we talking about uh, magic today, particularly bill switches. In fact, Doug's going to demonstrate a bill switch for us. Well, you want me to do a bill switch? I haven't done yeah, a bill I switch. Yeah, I want to see you perform a bill oh, switch. Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to do the, it. You know, one thing we don't do enough on this podcast is actual magic. Like, we talk a lot of shit. But we I'm going to try do. it with Canada money just so I can experience a bill switch with plastic cash. Yeah, it's good fun. Plastic cash. Now, <laughs> traditionally you want to pre traditionally you want to pre-fold these things. So I'm going, I'm going, look, it's got that thing. Yeah, I, I raw dogged mine. Come on. I'm going without the preset here. You do the you do the perfect $100 bill switch, don't you? I had this, I had this in the thumb tip backwards. Plus, it's fucking plastic. Uh, that's no excuse. I just did it. God, that was horrible. All right. Well, second redemption. Turn it back. How's that? <laughs> All right, let me, now that it's set the right way, let's see if I can get it better in reverse. I, so, you know, I was turned on to this through Mike Amar, and he taught it as Roger Klaus's bill switch. I'd later get the Roger Klaus in concert book where he talked about half moves. And, man, if this was a, a regular dollar bill, I might be doing it 50% better, but... Can you, God, grab a can you grab a regular dollar bill and show us uh, that trick you were just mentioning about the corners, the corners stretching? You know, I've, because, actually, I've actually got that trick, by the way, just FYI. It's a good trick. So the mismade, I don't have one of those on me. Like, I don't have that prop anymore. I would give them away. I don't think I've had one of those in a decade. Hey, Jason, what's the magician's favorite Wu-Tang Clan member? <laughs> Shit. I'm, I feel uneducated. What is a Wu-Tang Clan? I feel a, a very bad pun is on the horizon. Oh, okay. There's a bunch of uh, of people in this. This is quite a big, this is quite a big uh, 
group. Let's just say DJ Symphony. There you go. We all love DJ Symphony. That man's the man. <laughs> I think I can speak with some qualification that plastic money is not better for the bill change. That was a horrible experience to try. Yeah, for you. That's just because you haven't practiced it. Yet, buddy, you see, like it's once you plastic, practice, though. It's like anything else, man. Once you practice, it'll all start to look. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's for rubes. <laughs> Ah, I see what you did there because it's a Rubik's cube. Uh, that was unintentional, uh, but I'll take credit for that. That's clever. Yeah, um, yeah, the plastic money thing. Yeah, it just requires a little bit of practice, man. It's well, they're also a lot thicker. Like that was a lot thicker than putting a little bill in the thumb tip. I'm used to a lot. Thicker. Yes, it is because it doesn't fold as flat. Yeah, that's for sure. Like when you fold this up, it still ends up being like a decent sized wedge of a thing. Hang on, let me get this fold up for you. There you go. This is the thickness that you have to deal with inside there. Look at that. Yeah, it's not. It's yeah. All right, that's enough built to change talk. Which is. Which that. is why when you do the change, Doug. Look, here's what I advocate. Change back. Nice, if you're doing the change nice and slow, you and should deliberate. use the item that has, you should use a change bag. That's what it was made for, to change things. And that right there is the $100 perfect bill switch. Also known as, I'm better than Doug. <laughs> hey man, I rocked that shit 20 years ago. I was a player. Yeah, I still I still use it now and again as like a hat line. Like it's part of my hat line to make money on the streets. My buddy baby. Rod, that's his closer. He closes with that with the bill switch. He borrows a hundred, he changes it to a one, back to a hundred, shows over. Why don't you just buy that gimmick? That way you don't have to do any hard work. You know that gimmick that's like like this thing here, and then it like you just like Fold it down like this. So you do like you this know. thing over the bill. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why don't you just why don't you just use that? That way you don't have to actually use any. That's skill. actually not a bad thing. I mean, that's got that's got some use. So, so you're right. It is not a bad thing. It's only bad when you do street performance and you can't hand it out or borrow yeah. it or you right. know do anything good with it. <laughs> you just have to have this prepaid yeah. bill. You know, on the streets, like 99% of the gimmicks get the heave ho because they don't last. They don't hold up to the elements out there, right? You're yeah, relying exactly. on a thing like that and it's going to last you a day or two. I mean, yeah. you make, make one of those, but in general, you just discard that crap. You got to reset them and blah, blah, mm. you know. Yeah, that's a coin true. shell and a thumb tip, invisible deck. That's it. That's my gimmicks. What is a on, good simple card trick to do, Doug? On the street? Uh, we got a question here from oh. Antonio Johnson. What is a good simple card well, trick? Well, the do? 21 card trick, but I don't recommend you do uh, it. But there's an answer. Is a good simple card trick. What you do is get a card selected at random. In this case, it's going to be the four. Of clubs and then you leave it in the middle. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, nah, I was just doing that for you. You're Doug. Just doing that to mock me. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, here's a, here's a simple card trick for you. Got one. Hang on. <laughs> the simple ones start with the clip clip shift. Nah, no, I promise I won't do a clip shift this time. And Where my cats are my... revolting. The AC's out and my window's open and the cat's trying to escape. So if there's felines, sound like they're dying. They're not. They're just assholes. <laughs> Can you hear them? No, well, not yet. That might change. But it's good that it's good that the cats are finally rising up to the tyranny of Doug. They should, they should exactly rise up to the tyranny yeah. of Doug. Yep, I'm unruly. 
All right, this is it. This is the simple card trick that you can Okay, do. here it is. How's that brightness? Is that too bright? Let me. There we go. Is that better? It looks great. Yeah. Okay, cool. Look at this. You got to have two jokers in this case. They are the. What are these? These are little Star Wars jokers, little androids. How cool are those, man? Oh, shit. I dropped one. Anyway, look. It goes like this Doug, say stop wherever you want. Stop. Right there. Look exactly where you said stop. We're going to push one card out. Look at that. The three of clubs, baby. That card's going to be left in the center of the pack, sir. And you can see all the cards are different. And we still have the two uh, little Android Jokers on the top here. You see that? Now, these Android Jokers will locate the card. I'll just do it with one hand like this. If I shake one card, rises to the top, and then instantly shoots in between Blam. two Jokers. You see that? It happens really fast. But have a look. Is that... Your three of clubs, baby. Yes, that's fantastic. Yes, this is. is where if Josh would have been here, you'd have been on full screen for that whole beautiful thing. But now we just get to see you putting cards back in the deck. All right, well, here I'll put cards back in the deck for you, Doug. Nice, they stop wherever you want. Stop right there. Look right exactly where you said stop. Two jokers face up in the center of the pack. Yeah, now, Doug. good too. Yes. This is a this is a nice a simple trick. I just want you to name any card, and whatever you name will appear in between the two jokers. The four there. of diamonds. The four of diamonds. Check four it out. Diamonds. Bam! It's done. That quick. It's done. See, look. One of the jokers moved to the top. One of them moved to the bottom. And sure enough, in the middle somewhere, I hope we've got ourselves a four of diamonds. There it is, right in the middle. <laughs> that's good. Uh, that's not very good. You didn't like that one, did you, Doug? Well, I do well, love well, that trick, actually. A, a lot of a lot of people think that maybe it should have been like in the middle, in between the two jokers. So here, I'll do it again. Done. Now the jokers aren't on the top. They're not on the bottom. They're actually what somewhere in the center of the pack, surrounding I'll smile just like one a mule. Cast. If that's my card. Oh boy, you will. Look at that. Is that in? Oh, oh, so yes. Yes. Give me a big round of applause, everybody. Anyway, that trick's called the smiling mule. Great trick. The first one's called the clingy club sandwich. Also a great trick. Who was the creator of that first trick that I did again? I can't remember. Roy um, Walton. Nobody. Not the smiling mule. Oh, oh, oh. The first one. Oh, yeah. Je ne sais quoi, mon ami. That's that yep. fancy cardistry magic I don't know much about. Yeah, it was me. I was the creator. That's why. <laughs> oh, was it then? Yeah, I came okay. up with that in 2012, buddy. This is, see? There's a tutorial on my YouTube channel. That's right. All you got to do is search Clingy Club Sandwich. Clingy Club Sandwich. Yeah, don't ask me why I called it that. I just, uh, I think I was eating a club sandwich <laughs> at the time and... I'm sure I've seen you do this and talk about it, and I know it's yours, but I've never watched that tutorial. I guess that's why it's not in my memory banks. Yeah, it's, old, it's an old that. tutorial. Maybe I should upload a new one, like a fresh one, a better quality one. One in 4K, perhaps. One chance. filmed on a Sony A7S III, baby. Doug, are you ready to see some hardware? I'm talking quality. I'm talking the kind of stuff that makes dreams come true. Yeah, Check I mean, you know I'm not here just for the card tricks. <clears throat> I mean, I'm here for the card tricks, but the gear, I'm all about the gear these days, you know.
Wow, that is a beastly piece of machinery there. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me. Uh, you want me to not do this for let a me, second? Let me build some suspense. All right, then. All right. In a world where. <laughs> in a world where quality matters. This summer, one man has the greatest camera known to man. <laughs> Look at this. And just to add a little bit of something, something, I also have an. Uh, this lens has a. ND filter on the front here mm. so that I can control the, the brightness without changing the quality of the image. Huh? Huh? This would be useful in outdoor environments. Have you seen my recent videos, like the last three, I would say? Yes, I have, sir. Uh, have you heard the quality of the audio? Have you noticed that it's like really, really crisp audio now? Uh, I haven't, but I'll re-watch and pay more attention to that. Um. So what did you upgrade the mic as well, I suppose? Yeah, this is a, a Sony B10, as in mm. B10, these nuts. <laughs> oh, baby. Got him. Love no, it when um, Josh isn't here. We get unruly. <laughs> 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 it is actually called a Sony B10, just FYI. I was just being silly with that beats and these nuts. Bit. So uh, Tell us a little more about this camera. How much how much you spend on this beast? Go ahead. And All right. So the body of this camera is about five thousand dollars Australian, which works out to be like three and a half k US. Maybe I'm not really sure. Um, so three and a half thousand dollars, Aaron. Just letting my, yeah, cheap, my wife's cheap, in on cheap, this cheap, conversation. Cheap. The the lens that I'm using is a um, a sixteen to twenty. Oh no, a sixteen to thirty five. Sorry, sixteen to thirty five millimeter, which means it has this like great amount of like uh, zoom. So instead of having to switch lenses to get certain shots, I can get most of my stuff done with just this one beautiful lens. This lens was two thousand eight hundred dollars. Just FYI. Um, Did I do that? I think I think so. $2,800. And uh, what? The yeah, lens alone just, was 2000 Yeah, the lens The lens is worth more than your entire camera setup, Doug. That's unruly. Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> and then the microphone was like a $300. Um, not too bad. ND filter, this little, this little thing here, man. This crazy little plate of glass. Yeah. Jesus. This thing, this is it. This little thing. You know how much this thing costs, Doug? I don't know. Cameras are stupid. What eight thousand dollars? What is that? Yeah. <laughs> about about three hundred. About three hundred bucks. This is what it does, though, Doug. Look. It's like so. Once that, it'll focus through here. Really? Will it do that? I mean, that just looks weird from here. So, so it does look weird. Know. But let's say, let's say, like, you, let's say you're having an issue with your camera, like this. So, like, you're out in the sun. You're like, oh no, I'm yeah, exposed. Right. Like this is Bam. Kind of, see? Yeah, it's oh, kind of like hello. see, and it makes the picture look really good. So it's kind of like sunglasses for your camera. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love it. Um mainly for really, outdoor use was my understanding on these things. But yes, ooh. yes, of course. Yeah. But you can see it really like it also yep. makes the, the colors look quite good as well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So how's the me, user experience been with this camera versus uh, some of the other ones you've experienced? Like, is this an interface you like? And the it's definitely a learning curve. It's a uh, you have yeah. another Sony, right? No, it's my first Sony. Oh, I thought you had another one. Best one. Yeah. So that's a uh, you know when I think about getting a new camera, and I do often. I'm the only one in this <laughs> house thinking about it. <laughs> right. I think about it. Uh, 
I think I want to stay in the Canon family just because I don't want to go through the whole learning curve, right? It's like a process, but. So here's my recommendation, Dougie. Stay in the Canon family because uh, you've already got lenses and stuff for it. And well, might as well I stick mean, with it. I it, it it I might just get another M50. You know, someone was asking about a, a budget camera earlier. The one I'm working with, the one Jason recommended, and it's still a great camera. I think it for still a is. Yeah, I, price. I'm using it right now. I'm using it right yeah. now. This, yeah. And I just want two cameras for in-studio for streaming. And I don't know that having a rock and roll camera is going to make a difference in my world in that, you know? And if I do, one's going to outshine the other one anyway. So maybe I end up just getting another M50 and having that in here for another year. You've still got a 22 mil lens too, right? So you wouldn't even have to get another lens. So yeah, I got the 22 and then the kit lens, which would be fine for, you know. Oh, did you not get a 16 mil yet? So it shipped with the... I guess a 1535. Oh, I got, no, I got the 16 and the 22. Yeah. I'm using the Yeah, 16. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah so you just, you right. just need to, you just need yeah. to buy a body, which is like super yep. cheap. So. Right. Yeah. I've been using my phone, which is good. This is my phone, right? So for the second camera, this is maybe even outshining my M50 with the, uh, it doesn't have the same focal, you know, the aperture doesn't work as well as the camera, but the look is good. You know, for a second camera, it's just running right through my USB on the, my uh, Mac Mini. Just yeah. US, USB cord. I used and to soon, just run this little thing off it, the old GoPro Hero 10. Yeah. Were we talking about the 360 cams? That's probably the next purchase I buy to take to the street. The 360 right, cameras. End of day. Okay. Hi, Legends. As Masters on the Streets. I know you busk for the love of it, but at the end of the day, uh, you got to make money. How much is possible to make per show? How many shows on average? Hmm. Hmm. That's an interesting question. How much is possible? Uh, the possibility is pretty endless, I would say. I've seen people make ridiculous amounts of money. I've also seen people make very little. Um, the trick is... You know, like as as cliche as it sounds, no, you have to do it. You have to do it for the love first and the money second, because the money comes. And when it comes to making money, you have to start learning the, like the nuances to getting it. So like, for example, a hat line, whether you, you know, some people are like, I don't like hat lines because, but it's, it's so important. It's called a bottle speech. And there's a whole history in busking about bottle speeches, but we could talk about that later. But now it's like, uh, if you don't ask, you don't receive. And if you don't deliver a good enough show, you don't receive. And if you don't enjoy yourself, why would anyone else, right? So the biggest thing is for sure to be enjoying yourself and also yeah. to be very commanding in the space you're in. Confidence is the key, the utmost importance. Oh, yeah. You've got to be able to demand your respect from your audience. You know, um, I, think, I think if you're doing it professionally, you probably want a minimum, like the minimum is going to be about a dollar a minute. If you're not making that much while you're out there, your pro your time's going to be spent better where out better elsewhere, you know, dollar a minute is going to be the lower end. If you want to talk about money. And I think U S dollars, a thousand dollars a day is not unattainable. Uh, maybe more so for a bigger show, like, you know, for street shows, a juggler who works high with bigger crowds is going to go home with a thousand bucks at the end of the day. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like this old saying, there's a few things with busking. Um, 
Here's a few rules to live by. Height is might. Yep. Funny is money. Yep. Yeah. And uh, what's the other one? There's a few others like this. Bros uh, and hoes. Bros before hoes every time. That's right. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> dicks before chicks. You know what I'm saying? Oh, um, man. I'm going to say no. <laughs> I'm just going to say no to that to make sure half of our audience is not upset. <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just uh, you know, with Bosky, I don't know what the I don't know what the 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 whole thing is like. It never comes straight away as well. Like Bosky's yeah, something. It's a hundred different things, a thousand different things. You know, like yeah, a lot of people think that just because they can do magic and they can do performance, like they've done stage or something, that they can do the street. But it's so different. The way you have to interact is like a. You know, you can't have a performance persona. Like, you can't go out there and be like, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, blah, 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 blah. You have to, like, be an authentic version of yourself um, so that people can yeah. resonate with you because you're on you're on their level. You're on the street, man. You're all standing on the same slab of concrete. You can't act like you're, you know, a big shot. You you have to work kind of in unison with the street. You have to make these people respect you for who you are, not for what you do, right? Does that make sense? It's hard to explain. It does. Also, I think, though, there's a lot of room for variety, right? There's like no cookie cutter approach to what, you know, uh, yeah, for listening money from an audience. There is there is a scientific method for, you know, developing uh, a financially viable show. But that doesn't mean that's just what street performing is. I, I always like to remind people of this. Street performing doesn't have to be a job. You know, yeah. should be fun. You know, the money should be an inconsequential part of you street performing. Like, uh, what do you, what would you call it? A byproduct. That's the I mean, one. if you want to do it for a living, great. But man, that's for the insane people. You know, that right, Jason? <laughs> no I'm sane person insane. goes out in public to gather a crowd and then collect money from them. Come on, <laughs> it's not. No, it's not a normal process for humans. I don't know, man. I think I'm pretty sane. No, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> Come on, bro. <laughs> no, it's like uh yeah, when you go out there, when you go out there, it has to, money has to be the byproduct of what you're doing. First you have to build the crowd. You know what it is? It's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. The more people that you get in your crowd, the more money you're typically likely to make. So your goal, your focus should be how can I get as many people as possible watching me? Uh what can I do? There's a number of things that you can just do right so- off the bat. Quality of audio. Um, so, uh, which I just upgraded and I'm still, I upgraded another piece today. I was very happy with, but I'm going to devil's advocate you here in my current endeavors on the street. And it's against the grain. I try to get a more intimate experience. And what happens in doing this is that my quality of tips increases. So I might only get 10% of the tips from a small crowd, you know, maybe only 10 people put money in the hat. But maybe half of those are fives, tens, and twenties, as opposed to one or two dollars I might get from a larger crowd where they don't feel as intimately involved in the show. But Doug, what if I told you that I also received five, tens, and twenties? Oh, for sure crowd? that. Yeah. No, as I'm, in like, as in like mostly, as in I, I might the end of the hat at the end of the show i have very few coins and mostly and, just and there, here's the thing there there's thousands of street performers and there's five percent elite and you're in that group and maybe yeah. i'm being a voice for people who are doing it you know not in the most elite style 
We can't think, all work uh, that big pitch back in those 20s. And I'm just saying that a good approach maybe is to have an intimate experience without uh, trying to get that big crowd and collect a, a lot of money that way. You can also collect good money intimately. And also this, my shows are 12 minutes. So I'm doing that five times an hour, you know, if, if I want to. Yeah, mine, uh, mine are like uh, 15 to 20. Is that it? Is that all your still shows? Quick. Yeah, still quick. Still quick. But they, uh, they, I can make them go longer. But yeah, I typically aim for that 15 to 20 mark because I like them to be nice and quick. And here, here, the- Here's the big lesson. I Yeah, Bob mentions this. Don't ask people questions. You ask people you want to see some magic, they'll tell you no every time. Or any, any you know, you, you tell them what to do out there. That's that's a stand here, do this, watch this. Yeah. Clap now clap here. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, you can't really ask questions. People hate questions. And specifically, do you want to see some magic? Which I see a lot of a lot of magicians use that. Would you like to see some magic? Nah. Mm-hmm. Dude, even I want to say no to that. <laughs> yeah, and and you have you have a framework to judge on most people don't even have a framework to answer that question probably not if you're on the street for sure it's probably not you know leave me alone <laughs> yeah you want to yeah. see no that's in new orleans especially it depends on the locale but in new orleans every other block every other person has their hand out right like in most yeah we have, a, we have a lot of homeless in uh in Sydney, there like I do my show with like two homeless people on either side of me. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I just but like well, I like last weekend, the weekend before, I've got ASPCA ten. You know, I've got Humane Society soliciting people. You know, there's timeshare going on. There's street performers five feet that way. This person's selling boat tours. It's everywhere. They're like, give me, give me, give me, give me. So you try to get people's attention in that venue. You better not be asking them if they want to see a magic show because they're going to yeah. say no. Yeah, you got to be pretty demanding of what you want. Watch this and then hit them with the effect, you know, or make them laugh right away. Something like that. I usually uh, I usually do the flip stick. Yeah, that's a great one. I'll be like, I'll be like, hello, watch me. I'm good. Yeah. That's a good one. Yep. Yeah. Instant. I use the silk vanish more often than not. That's a good Still one, too. It. I used to do that. Yeah. Still doing it. Yeah, I used to do that one. It's a good one. Dude, I love the old classic silk vanish. A lot of people don't like it. I like it. I think it's funny. I think there was a dark time where it was unusable. That dark time is over and it's, you know, not as exposed as it was at one point. We have a whole new group of minds who don't know what a thumb tip is. Dude, even doing this is good. You know, the video I have edited, my current video I'm about to post is this. It's, It's just me doing flourishes at the table and a bit of text that says in between shows, I do flourishes to attract a crowd. And then sure enough, a kid walks up while I'm doing the flourishes and I say, let's do some magic. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to find moments like that to share where I'm not doing magic tricks in the video, but giving people a look at what goes on in a day of the life or something, you know, this happens in between shows and here's a look at that's that moment, you know? Yeah. I, you know, I got to get one of them 360 cameras so I can film my shows better. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you. They're really good. Yeah. I want that. I'm, I've been looking at the D, the DGI, uh, the DGI models. Oh, yeah. Which, if, uh, 
I guess do they make drones mainly? But so yeah. BGI 360 camera. Oh my gosh. It's so cheap. So I was seeing a pretty good one for like 600. Yeah, yeah, I'm seeing that as well. Yeah, that's pretty cheap. And I saw GoPro, this GoPro camera in well. person. It's amazing. And I saw the footage and the editing process, and it's amazing. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen the editing process yet, so that's a little daunting for me. It's apparently proprietary. I guess they have their own app that edits this 360 footage somehow. But what this guy was able to do with it, blowing my mind. I think it's a good idea, right, for street performing. Because one of the things I've hated sure. about doing street performing is not being able to film it. It's too, it's too hard. You just can't do it. Because like you can't set a camera up facing it. Because I move the table around. I'm yeah, not around, I walk out a shot. No crowds everywhere. Yeah. So like a 360 camera would rectify that. Mostly, yep. I think. Mostly, it would rectify. I'm sure there would be some points that that maybe it would give you options at work. least to share that street content. And I think you want to do this. It's it shines on the platforms and you know, why not? You're doing it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I guess, uh, how does the quality look? Huh? How's the quality look? That's the question that you've always got to ask Buy the eight K one, you know, they have an eight K version. I think if you want to get super quality. Really? Oh yeah. They've got one. They've got one here that films in 4k. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah, this is the one I saw, I think. Oh, it's GoPro as well. GoPro has one too. Look at this. Ha! That's a 360 also? Yeah, 360. And that's Did Josh Norbito have one of those on here? I think he, someone was on here talking about one of those GoPros. Sure enough, who had that? Don't know. I uh, don't know. Oh, oh, Mika. Mika had one. Mika had one. Yeah. 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 Mika. That's eh? <laughs> Old Meeks. Old Meeky Meeks. Mr. Meeseeks. Look at me. So that's about 650 bucks, that camera. Australian, by the way. So for you, it's like 500 bucks. And mm. maybe for me, this is even possible to be the second camera in this room that I want it to be. I don't know if that's going to provide the the stuff in studio, you know, but I think it might. Certainly for maybe a stand-up area of the <laughs> studio. Like I have this camera that's stupid. Well, that's horrible. <laughs> what is the point? What is the point of that camera? Uh I moved it. So this isn't dialed in, but the idea is that if I want to do something stand up that requires a wide, you know, like I can't get wide here, really. It's not, I can't get wide here. Right. But I've never used that camera. But imagine if it was a nice DGI 360. Well, that looks horrible, doesn't it? It's horrible. So why not have this Sony hooked up tonight? Why not use that? Is there an interface? Thing. No, I'm still I'm still learning it. Um, also, I just think this since this only uh, displays in 720 anyway, like this podcast only displays in 720p anyway. I might as well just continue to use the 1080p camera. This is kind of the mindset I have towards getting a second M50 for just in this office. 
Yeah. So the reason why I got this upgraded camera is not, not because I thought, oh, it's going to look better in short form content. No, it's because I fully intend to make long form videos again. And I just am kind of tired of uh, feeling limited. So there's something about filming in 4K that you can do that you can't do with like, with um, what you're using or what I'm using right now. Enlighten us. So at the moment, when you upload it, when you start editing your video, right? Mm -hmm. 1080p, you put it in. If you want to zoom in on something mm -hmm. where you like, you grab it and you drag it out, but the picture quality gets worse, right? Yeah. So in 4K, if I stick that in there and I drag it out, the picture quality is still quality, even if mm -hmm. I even if I zoom in on something. So I can like use like a pretty wide shot to shoot like a whole magic routine, but I can like zoom in on certain parts throughout it. the edit without losing any quality, which means now I don't have to move the camera around 50 times in order to achieve the same thing. So I can have a more authentic like presentation, I guess. Yep. And uh, so that's just one reason. The other one is uh, 4K looks awesome, dude. <laughs> yeah, right. And it I'm looks thinking really as good. well, the algori algorithms know when you upload in a higher quality format, I, probably respect that. You know, I think, I'm sure they I do. I think they do too. Mm -hmm. I think they do too. And uh, I'm also going to Japan soon. So I'm about to... I'm about to fly off to Singapore and Japan. Do you know Jeremy Tan, by the way? Jeremy Tan Magic? I do, actually. I mean, we online, yeah, we conversed. He actually asked gonna... me for some advice years ago. Like, he was just yeah. getting started. He's like, and now oh, he's what? killing it. Yeah, yeah, same here. He's we crushing, were chatting away. Right? And now he's killing it. So Tell we, him I um, said hi, for sure. Yeah, we're going to meet up and shoot some content together oh, when great. I'm in Singapore. And then I'm going to go to Japan. I kind of want to, like, make a whole vlog experience about it all. No doubt. Um, and I'll, but I want that vlog experience to be, like, as quality as I can make it. Yeah, right, so, right. When is so, this happening? On the 24th of October, I take a big oh, old soon, flight. Huh? Real soon. Yeah, 13 days, two weeks. You know, I'm going to be out of town. We might not We might not have podcast that week because I'm leaving that weekend as well. For three weeks, I'm going to be in a hotel in Shreveport, Louisiana. Oh, yeah? State fair. Yeehaw. But Yeehaw. Yeah, so... Um. Mm, yeah. So I just want to make like really good content. That's it. Let's just that in a nutshell. Yeah. I just um, after being on the boat for so long, I'm kind of hungry to make videos. You I know? get it, man. And so, if I had all the money, I'd have a nice soup as the nicest one I could get camera. You know, I might not have the best car in the world, but I'd have a super nice camera. Like I, yeah, I, I think this is the best. I think this is the best camera that you can get in terms of like quality ease of use um the lenses and whatnot but also being able to upload youtube content it's probably better for youtube this specific camera so yes that's why i got it mm. mike i'm booked for the thing i'll be in shreveport so come see me come pick a card in shreveport mm. <laughs> there will be an array of buskers up there along with the other Fair, fair, whatever. Is that a state fair? I haven't been to a state fair. Have I ever been to a state fair? All right, Doug, show us something you've been working on. Show the people some magic. That's what the people want to see. What have I been working on? Show okay. them a little something. Look, I'm going to do my, I was going to do a sandwich trick when you were doing sandwich tricks earlier. So I'll do that. All right, do it. Do a sandwich right. trick. Just let me tell you what, man. <laughs> <clears throat> This sandwich trick, this sandwich trick is smoking hot. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm going to uh I'm going to shuffle the cards, Jason. You're going to pick a card by saying stop anywhere you'd like. So. Oh, okay. Stop. All right. 
and your job, if you choose to accept it, it, well, it doesn't matter. I'll just, I'll just look at what it is because <clears throat> it's not that kind of trick. Got it. Got it. All right. To, to find it, first we have to lose it, and I don't actually intend to find the card at all, so it doesn't really matter. I have some helper cards that are going to find it for me. I'm going to use the red queens, the queen of hearts and the queen of diamonds. Ah. They'll represent my lovely assistants because this is the yeah. kind of budget I have. Look. One on the right. top, one on the bottom. It takes a second to find one card between the two ladies. I didn't even look at the thing. What is it? Three of clubs, I believe. Could you be? Aye. Yeah, that's the official force card. Of course, it's the three of clubs. Aye. I'm going to do it again. Here, I'll do it the hard way. Just maybe you'll, maybe you'll be more interested. Here, I'll actually put it in the middle. Got it. So yep. it actually goes in the center. Face up in the middle. Oh. Face down so you can track it. And normally yeah, I do you... a double undercut here, but for you, I give a, riff, a riffle pass. <laughs> Two ladies trapping one card. The easiest uh, card to find in the deck, of course. It's a marked card, you know. No, they're all red. They're all red. They can't possibly be a chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least you know what the trick was. I believe that it was published in the Tricks of My Trade. For the viewers, that, uh, for the listeners that on the podcast, the deck just changed color. Yeah, man. And it was beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, I believe that was called the Tricks of My Trade, yeah? This, this trick the chameleon is... chameleon sandwich. Tricks of My Trade. <laughs> yeah, he didn't see the smoke. My, my smoke. My smoke watch ran out of gas. <laughs> are you wearing a smoke watch i am when i said i got a smoking i have a smoking sandwich trick the deck started smoking but i sputtered oh, out so you got a you got a small bit of red that shouldn't be showing over there there big dog shit. a little bit shit. of red oh, that's better yeah yeah i don't think anyone noticed that, that. No hold on a second no, no one oh, noticed shit. that no worry about advertising the retail yeah Dang it. <laughs> man me and my magic life nobody saw it so it's fine, it's fine. not until you pointed it out <laughs> So now it's my fault, eh? Jesus. <laughs> Can you hear the cats? I know. I heard, I think I heard a dog bark there. What did I hear a dog bark, Doug? No. Well, if you did, it wasn't in my house. True. Do you have pets, Jason? Do you have a cat or a dog or anything like that? See, so, yeah, I'm not adverse to having pets, but... Uh, I live in a, an apartment in the middle of the city, and also with the amount that I travel, I highly doubt that having a pet would be sustainable in the long run. Yeah, it's a so, concern of mine, for sure. We want to hit the road in an RV, and now the cats are coming with us. Yeah, truthfully, I used to have a cat, um, and I loved that cat. The cat was awesome, but I had to give the cat away because I just couldn't look after him properly because I kept traveling, or I kept getting gigs and stuff, and it was just sometimes too difficult to arrange a sitter or yeah it's like having a baby kind of yeah but you know but not not like having a baby <laughs> well no i mean they have tails and they're furry <laughs> so i'm curious about your choice like today jason maher shows up on tiktok with version of the larry jennings bill goodwin triumph with 1.5 million views giving me hopes for all card tricks of the future 
Oh shit! Is it at one point five now? Oh my gosh! I don't know. It's let's say it's at three billion, just to make it sound even better. Uh, only one point four there, Doug. Only one point four. I don't see well. It must have been at one point three <laughs> then when I looked. <laughs> so I'm curious. Here's me asking questions. I want to know uh, why that trick. Why that trick? Yeah. Why did you choose that trick for your new camera? You know, it seems to me a bit pedestrian of triumph granted i'm not saying that your execution was or that your methods were just the effect in general and in particular this for the platform for any short form platform it takes you all day to get to the finale of that trick right <laughs> i mean you pick so, a card okay, so you overhand you riffle you're shuffle, right, you're you right, triumph you're right. shuffle you, you convince and then boom finally we get an effect you're, you're right but you remember the script that i wrote for it right so, um, what's the, what's the worst shuffle you can do to screw up a magician's trick? Yeah. Well, let me, let me show you. Right. So now they're like, they're like, Oh, here we go. Now I'm going to learn how to screw up a magician's trick. Yeah. There's and then I start answer. off by, then I start off by demonstrating, uh, the riffle shuffle. I go, now I can deal with the riffle shuffle. That's a no brainer. I can even deal with, you know, the overhand, home style Which? poker shuffle that's easy <laughs> and now that the cards have been really mixed you can see the cards not on the top or on the bottom and then i go what i can't deal with though is when people mess with me and they take the cards face up into face down and you can see all these are face up all these are face down and they shuffle together it's like the it's like there's a payout at the end that they're going to learn how to so i guess something. the hook is just that strong let me show you uh, uh, the worst thing you can do to mess up a magician that's that's <laughs> like that's a strong hook yeah, it's like the hook is strong and then the payout is that you get a great effect out of it, right? Like people get to see it. And and then you know, it's not a it's not a complete false falsity either because like if you do take some a magician's deck and you shuffle them face up to face down, it's a logistical yeah. nightmare. Right. It's a logistical nightmare. So, you know, it's it's not and then a for falsity. the card trick aficionados, your handling and method is spectacular. You're doing one of the top tier sleight of hand versions. So that's right. I did a clip shift control for that. And Which I actually that. I have, I have issue with that. If I were to offer any constructive criticism, it's that clip shift has no place in that handling because you do a riffle shuffle right after the clip shift. So after the selections <laughs> made, just hold the break and riffle shuffle it to the top. There's your constructive criticism from Doug. Uh, yeah, I know. The, the thing <laughs> that was a superfluous. You just did that to <laughs> piss me off. I'm putting the clip shift in there. So Doug's pissed. <laughs> I put that in there. To, yeah, just just like a nod to magicians. That's what it was. That was for magicians that watch my content. Because then they're like, oh, Jason shit. is not a role model. Don't do card tricks like Maher. <laughs> I'm going to clip shift it and then do a riffle shuffle and an overhand shuffle after that. Actually, you know what the funny thing is? The clip shift brings it to the top. The overhand is how I get the two cards on top. You oh, know how yeah, you, have to, so, you have to get okay. two cards on but top. But what about yeah, the so riffle, which is the initial... That, I mean, yeah, it's unnecessary. Like, I, I mean, most of what I was doing in that trick was just unnecessary overhandling. I just was doing it because. Yeah, but it fits the plot anyway. So that's fine. It gives me more storytelling. And yeah. I mean, there's some, I guess there's a ballpark where that move is so efficient for you. It's easier to just you put it there immediately as opposed to hold the break for, you know, yeah, why hold a yeah. break for two seconds. You can just put it right there immediately. So, yeah. Well, the other thing is as well, you'll notice that after I do the, so after I get the card selected, right, 
And then I do the move. Yeah. Then I do this. And you'll notice that I do this afterwards. Yeah, I did notice like that. I, you know I, there's yeah. no breaks. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So it's like it just becomes like like I'm putting the card back in the middle and it really is it really is in the middle, right? And then and these I'm, are the thoughts that go into making these one million view videos where you give these moments to your audience so they can think about it as opposed to yeah. and then you guessing. do like your overhand and stuff. Have you seen this by the way? This is a cool shuffle. It goes like this. Um I gotta remember it. There you go. Oh shit, I just fucked it up at the end there. But uh, let me do it. Ready? It goes like this. So look, the the king of clubs is on the bottom and the ace of clubs is on the top. There you go. That's easy to remember. So it goes like this. It's like a, a nice little uh overhand. There you go. Yep. And the ace of clubs is on the top and the king of clubs is on the bottom. That's a complete false shuffle. I use I use a version of that. I use the Bob King handling. That's an Erdenace false shuffle, actually. So. Complete false. Holy shit! Yeah, it is weird. Eh? It's like a weird one to fiddle with. Eh? You know what? For me, this is a stand-up thing, so I don't do it at the table ever. So I'm a little crouched right here. Yeah. Chop, chop, chop. So this Bob King handling has a couple extra things in it. Anyway, I'm a fan. I like it. I love me a good old fashioned false overhand shuffle. This was the bill trick I've been doing this week, or I did it uh, last week anyway. Ah, Patrick Kuhn, right? Yeah. <whistles> Two ones. Like I'm putting this in my wallet. Will I use it? Ah. Uh, it never works all the way for me, Jason. Only on take 83. <laughs> <laughs> dude i gotta be honest with you man um after coming back from the boat for so long and seeing this room of magic that i've got here there are so many tricks that i know that i can do very well and i had a friend here and i was like oh bro i remember this trick and, and i tried to do it and then i fucked it up straight away and i'm like oh i forgot how to do it <laughs> i haven't done it since i filmed it <laughs> So it's certainly detrimental to try and film new material every week and several new pieces a week. It's very challenging to keep anything pristine aside from the professional repertoire, right? Right, right. So yeah, I agree. It's uh, it is difficult, but I think it's worth. Uh, I think there's a value to it. There's a value to making videos. You end up inadvertently practicing, like you start learning more about angles. You start learning more about methods. I think it helps the creative process of uh, writing the hooks to interest our audience is probably the most valuable part of the process, you know, putting some thought into giving our audience a reason to care. Yeah. Right. Like uh scripting scripting is important. Um, also the clarity in which you speak. Do you find that sometimes you'll say a word a little bit weird? So you'll be like, ah, I'll just do that again. You know, way more than I'd like because I have dental issues I deal with. So it's a constant struggle for me. I love At least uh, I don't I love... talk like an Australian, though. I don't have that problem. Nah, you just talk like an oil hunter. <laughs> working it. It's the, um, you know, the Australian accent is sexy, bro. People love the Australian accent. G'day, mate. Hey, you They do. I'm, I'm telling you, you come to the States, you're going to triple your income with that shit. You should just come over here, man. We're waiting on me you, and, Jason. Me and, my wife are planning, over here. 
we are planning to come up and and have a crack at it. Of course, if I do, I'm probably going to borrow your table and cups there, Doug. It's all got here a, waiting on you. Got, got a good three set for me. I don't have a good three. I don't have three orange cups, but I'll arrange something for you to have here. Maybe I can sneak a pouch and cups in, but I just won't be able to bring a table because I have that for you. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go up there. I'm going to busk. I'm going to work on the quarter, the French quarter. Huh? <laughs> You'll kill quarter, it here. You make will a quarter of a million. It. Like a quarter of a million there, Doug. Easy. On a yeah, Tuesday. I'll, I'll do the I'll do the big <laughs> pitches. I'll go work the big spots. You know, there there's there's only two two big ones, and currently there's four acts on one of them. The second oh, yeah. spot is often reserved for break dancers who will pay to keep the spot reserved. So the big so spot. So what you're saying is I should hit that second spot and then wait for them to show up, collect my money from them and then move to the next spot. So being a magician, you have the luxury of being able to work the big spot. You do two shows a day there, you get in the queue. And then in between that, you go hop around some of the other spots maybe and do a couple smaller shows. This is what is possible, uh, but it's still, uh, you could do, I, I think Mason said he did four shows the other day on a Saturday. He was packing up at three o'clock and he'd, he'd got four shows in. So that's with, you know, that's doable now. And he does about 30 minutes. Hmm. How many, uh, how many people queue up where you work, Doug? I've had as many as four this weekend. I was alone. Hmm. Maybe I'll go queue where you queue then. I don't mind doing a smaller show. Yeah. Come sure on. I can squeeze in a decent enough crowd there anyway. Look, there's, you know, uh, this is a favored spot of Cosmo and Bobby Maverick. You familiar with Bobby Maverick? I've heard of him. I've never met him. Similar style to Cosmo. You know, they're doing cups, uh, Bill and Lemon in the cups and or Kiwi and, you know, cranking out $50, $100 shows all day. You know, Cosmo's going home five, 600 at the end of the day. Love that. Oh, US too. US. And, that, and that's in the corner I'm working. That's what I'm saying. That money's there if you want it. It's just a little more work. It takes a little longer, but you know. Just like to build a crowd takes a little longer. I think maybe just to get that, if you want that dollar figure, you know, you might be there five or six hours. I don't like to work that long. You know, about three or four hours, I'm done. I can't perform that long. I, I yeah, I mean, for me, it's about how much fun I'm having. So, like, if I'm on the spot there and I'm with the right people, I could busk for, like, 10 hours. If I'm yeah. there and the people are a bit dull and, you know, not really enjoying who I'm hanging out with, then, yeah, maybe one hour, two in, hours. In my I'll younger years, probably, on. I'm not in, I'm just not in shape to do that currently. I mean, I was, you know, I, I by the end of Sunday and then I had some guests over here Sunday night, I was whipped yesterday, especially <laughs> with my air conditioner being out, but. Oh, you've like been whipped that. since uh, like last year sometime when you got married. <laughs> the, I sat on my ass in this room all summer doing nothing. You know, I sat here just getting fatter and out of shape. So when I go throw myself out into the sun to stand on my feet all day in the wild. Yes. Yeah, I don't have <laughs> guns a blazing, man. Me neither, man. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, one thing I have found super weird about losing weight. Oh, actually not weird. Annoying is that all of my clothes that once fit me beautifully are now fucking enormous. Bro. Oh yeah. Right. Like it's like, I'm wearing like literal bean sacks, like, and uh, my pants are always falling down. Like I have to go and buy a whole new wardrobe now. So let's go and shell out for a whole hey. new wardrobe just because I can't fit anything anymore. That's first world problems, buddy. 
We, you know, you can squeeze <laughs> that into your $5,000 camera budget and go buy some new jeans. <laughs> Let's talk about this question. Uh, like in New Orleans, it's all man. The question is who manages the spots? It's all probably locale based. Is there any kind of system in Sydney? Is there like- um, so for the most part, the buskers manage this, but, but we have like a permit system as well. And what is that? You have to go and get a, you have to go and apply for your permit. You pay for it. The council kind of regulate things. How much um, is a permit for busking Sydney? Oh, it's like nothing really. It's like for a year, it's like 50 bucks or something. Yeah. But, uh, I'm a fan yeah. of that. Actually. I like having a little speed bump, just, just a little one to, you know, make sure there's not super trash out there. Just so that Tom, Dick and Harry don't show up. Yeah, I get what you well, mean. In particular, yeah. we have a lot of children in New Orleans, bucket drummers and kids who play music. And they have, it's like the Lord of the flies to them. They don't care. Their parents aren't watching them. So they go out there and they're giving these children who have no respect for their elders or other artists, you know, a bucket drummer will sit right next to a tarot reader and not care, you know, while the guys. Uh, so, it would eliminate things like that where it's like, man, you're a kid and I can't put you in jail because you're a kid and you should be home with your parents. Where's your, where's your permit kid? I don't have one. We'll go home. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. So I guess that helps. Um, the thing is it's, and then it's regulated by the buskers. We all kind of work out um, who belongs where and what time we're busking and how long and yada, yada, yada. It all works out, but because of this, but there is a downside to this permit system, and that's that people use uh, use these like rules that are written by the council, and because the council aren't buskers, these rules make no fucking sense. But they, but then other buskers try to use those rules to like strong arm positions, like oh, I'm allowed to busk here for this long, and blah 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 blah. blah. You know what I mean? And it just turns into this argument. Like there's these there's these people that busk in our in uh in sydney they're both violinists and they're both the biggest assholes i've ever met in my life what is it with the violinist man i know oh. and they, um, like they're Take so bad like, so i go and i work in the middle of the mall and i work there because i'm not a particularly loud act compared to like these musos that turn their shit up to like 11 yeah they blow up the street with their loud music. It's ridiculous. And by right? the way, they don't even get they don't even get a crowd. They're just blowing up the street with loud music. Yep. It upsets the shops, right? Yeah. So I go and work in the middle and I get these big crowds, really big crowds. Anyway, I got this huge ass crowd, and then they, they came down. Both of these violinists came down and said, Oh, you're not allowed to work here anymore. And I'm like, why? And they're like, Because you're taking all the crowd. They were blaming me for not being able to make money because apparently yeah, I was taking all the money. And I said to them, I was like, man, it's the rule of the street. If you were good, people would listen to you. <laughs> I was like, if you were good, people would pay you. But they're, they're not. So they're watching me, not you. And uh, then they like threaten me like, oh, you know, there's this rule that says you're not allowed to be here. And I always, I always say the same thing to them. I say, you know what, man, why don't you get a council member down here and explain your problem to them? And then they'll see that you're an asshole and I'm a genuinely nice guy and they'll tell you to piss off and I can just get on with my day <laughs> every single time. But it's like, yeah, it turns into these headaches where people try to screw you over all the time, constantly. It's just, yeah. There, there are thorns in the rose bush, let's say. 
Sure. Some buskers, some buskers are just, you know, when I first started out in busking, everyone respected each other. It wasn't even that long ago, like 10 years ago. Everyone had so much respect for one another. They're like, it was this I, I still think it's that way. I still think the busking family's that way for the most part. I think for the most part it is too, but I think in Sydney, uh, you know what? In Sydney, for the most part, it is like that, but there are just these two dudes, like these two guys that refuse to follow that respect and they just same things in new orleans same thing here you come here in january and you find yourself queuing up with you know the break dancers and then they're gonna get tried to blow out the violin guy who's 20 feet away doing his thing you know and and yeah it's it's the same thing here yeah and it turns into like a battle yeah i think all the big pitches have these issues all the really big good pitches they attract the bigger acts and these acts often have ego problems or they're just all about the money and they spoil the pot yeah it's always a, uh, it's always a bad apple oh well speaking of uh speaking of bad apples though bud have you ever heard of the um thanks for listening it's time for us to disappear now disappear now but we'll see you again on the next episode of the magic guys